Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first bonus episode of Hannah's Song of the Week. My name is Hannah, and I will be discussing one of my favorite albums of all time, Tapestry by Carole King. All right, so this is the very first bonus episode of the podcast where I'm going to be talking about not a song, but one of my favorite albums of all time. So before I get into the album that we're talking about today, I want to break down the layout of these bonus episodes. So first, I want to talk about how I found the album and my personal connection to it and overall feelings. Second, I'm going to go into a small bio about the artist and the history and creation behind the album itself. And then third, I'll list the track list of the album. Third, I'll list the track list of the album and go into detail of some of my favorite songs on the album. Then I'll end the episode by concluding with the reasons this is one of my favorite albums of all time and give any other album suggestions if you like what you're hearing today. So, of course, if you heard the intro today, we are going to be talking about Tapestry by Carol King. And growing up, I had heard some of Carol King's music, maybe through my parents or through grandparents, but I never really actually recognized who she was or her importance to the music industry as a whole. I only knew like her big hits and her big singles. And it wasn't until I saw the musical, Beautiful, the Carol King musical in 2017, that I instantly kind of like fell in love with her music and found her on my own. So the musical is a jukebox musical and it revolves around the early career of Carole King and how she got to have the fame that she has today. Seeing the musical for the first time, I went home and I listened to this album, Tapestry. I think it's probably her most famous album, at least one of her most famous early albums. And I instantly fell in love with the vibes of the album, the music and the writing style. And when you listen to the album and you really pay close attention to the themes that she's singing about and how she uses her lyrics, you can really see the influence that she made on other female singer-songwriters that I listen to all the time. So when you first listen to Tapestry, it sounds important and it sounds influential. And there are absolutely no skips on this album. And each song is given important love and detail when it comes to Carole King's songwriting. The album itself was released in 1971. And it may sound like old or boring to younger audiences, but if you truly give the album a try and a listen, I think you'll realize that every song is beautiful and it really showcases off her musicianship and skill as a songwriter. There's nothing really showy on this album. Uh, most songs are really just King at the piano or her with her guitar, but I don't think it's supposed to be a flashy album. And you can even see that in the cover art of the album. She's like sitting on a windowsill. She has her cat. She looks so cozy. And that's just the perfect vibe that this album actually has. And this album is just supposed to showcase her craft as a songwriter. And it has this kind of pop folk sound to it that shows off her vocals and shows off her lyrics. So to talk a little bit about Carol King's upbringing in her life. So she was born on February 9th in 1942, making her an Aquarius, just like me, in Manhattan, New York. Her mother taught Carol how to play the piano, an instrument that really is a staple in all of her music. And she was great in academics and in music and even had perfect pitch. She changed her name from Carol Klein to Carol King in high school and made demo records with her friend, Paul Simon, two great songwriters. She met Gary Goffin when she was 17, and he would eventually become her songwriting partner in the early years and her husband. So Carol King is credited to be one of the greatest singer-songwriters of our generation. She's most famous for her big hits, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, One Fine Day, It Might As Well Rain Until September, and Natural Woman. 
She started out writing songs for other Motown artists, including Little Ava, Bobby V, The Drifters, The Chiffins, and The Monkees. And most famously, she wrote the song Natural Woman that was popularized by Aretha Franklin. At the beginning of her career, she wrote most of her hits with her then-husband, Gary Goffin. Her first big hit that she recorded herself was It Might As Well Rain Until September in 1962. And after having writing disputes and a divorce with Goffin, Carol King released her 1971 solo album Tapestry after moving out to LA and meeting other famous songwriters like James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, and Tony Stern. When Tapestry was released, it was immediately well-beloved with critics, as it was one of the first female-driven albums to win four Grammy Awards, including Best Record, Best Song, Album of the Year, and Best Pop Vocal Performance. And this paved a way for young female singer-songwriters of the future to come. With more than over 25 million units sold, Tapestry remained the best-selling album by a female artist for a quarter of a century and was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. In 1987, Carole King was inducted into the Songwriter Hall of Fame, and she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990. More recently, Carole received the Kennedy Center's honor in 2015, and she is still writing music to this day, and currently is well known for being involved with environmental organizations in support of wilderness preservation. So she is definitely one of those goats in the music industry and is well known with all artists, many young women and men drawing inspiration from her musicianship and her songwriting. Now that we know a little bit more about the historical influence of Tapestry, let's get into it and let me tell you why it is one of my favorite albums. Not just because it's an oldie but a goodie, but just because that it's a really good album. So there are 12 absolute complete hits on this album. It is filled with Carole King classics that she wrote for other people and then re-recorded for herself. She also has a bunch of other songs that were written just for this album alone. And the 12 songs on the album are I Feel the Earth Move, So Far Away, It's Too Late, Home Again, Beautiful, Way Over Yonder, You've Got a Friend, Where You Lead, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, Smackwater Jack, Tapestry, and You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Overall, the themes around this album are self-love and the importance of close relationships with others, while also throwing in some narrative songs and breakup songs and honestly, whatever Smackwater Jack is, but we will get into that. I could analyze every single song off this album, but we do not have time for that. So I'm going to talk about three songs that are the lyrical peak of this album, and then I'm going to talk about my three favorite songs off this album, Uh, but honestly, every song is a complete bop and a complete hit. And just because I don't talk about it in this podcast episode doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a listen and a try. You should definitely listen to this album from top to bottom. Uh, I never, when I listen to this album, I never really shuffle it. The individual songs are on a playlist and I hear them one-on-one, that's fine. But when I know I want to go in and get some cozy vibes and listen to Tapestry, I always listen to it from start to finish. Always. Fun fact. So the first song that I think showcases her songwriting is So Far Away. And I have a kind of a deeper connection to this song because I've performed it before. And the lyrics in this song are honestly so candid to me. She is just letting out her emotions and her feelings that she misses this person who is miles away from her. The lyrics in the chorus of this song stay the same every time. So it goes, so far away, doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? It would be so fine to see your face at my door. Doesn't help to know you're just time away. 
And at the first couple listens of this song, I was like, okay, so this song is about someone who moved away from her and she's sad. And the reality is, is that this song is kind of about her life as a musician and the fact that she is always far away from the people she loves. And she wishes that she could just stay in one place, but still have this kind of performative lifestyle that she has. You get this clue finally in the bridge. She goes, traveling around sure gets me down and lonely. Nothing else to do but close my mind. I sure hope the road doesn't come to own me. There's so many dreams I've yet to find. I think this is probably my favorite lyrics of this song, especially the end where she goes, I sure hope the road don't come to own me. There's so many dreams I've yet to find. Because it seems like every music-loving person's dream is to be on the road and to be a famous musician. But King here is saying that this is only one of her many dreams that she wants to find. And maybe even one of the dreams is the person that she's missing so much in this song. Another thing that I love about So Far Away is that it's... Definitely a piano ballad, and half of the songs on this album are piano ballads, but this is one of her more upbeat piano ballads that you could kind of like sway to and not necessarily cry to. But Will You Love Me Tomorrow is probably the most like sad piano ballad of this album. Overall, it's about having like a good day or even just a good night with a person that you love, but you're scared that what you have with this person is just fleeting. So she starts the song with going, Tonight you're mine completely. You give your love so sweetly. Tonight, the light of love is in your eyes. But will you love me tomorrow? And she asks this question, will you love me tomorrow, five times in this song. So she is super unsure that this person is actually going to be staying in her life and is actually going to be staying with her and loving her. And I think one of the most heartbreaking lyrics of the song is in the bridge. She goes, tonight with words unspoken, you say that I'm the only one, but will my heart be broken when the night meets the morning sun. She's desperately asking this person. She's like, please, can you just tell me if I need to prepare myself for you leaving tomorrow? But then she's also kind of like begging for this person not to leave at all. The song itself has an A, B theme. And the only time it goes to the B theme is in that bridge. And then it goes back to the A theme. So it's super simple and it's a super sweet song and it gets the point across. And I think people use it a lot wrongly like I think people use it as a love song but it isn't a love song it's a it's like a desperate plea to be a love song almost so now we get into tapestry which is the second narrative kind of song off of the album and this is kind of the perfect description of a song that is a narrative and that tells a story so it starts off describing this tapestry that king has and also describing a man that she sees that has a tattered cloak with many colors this man then continues to not really know what he's here for where he ought to go and he reaches for something golden in a tree but he doesn't actually grab it then he turns into a toad and she quote wept to see him suffer though she didn't know him well unquote then a gray ghost all of a sudden appears and King's tapestry unravels as this ghostly man has come to take her back. He has come to take me back. So this is the title track of the album. The song's name is Tapestry. The album's name is Tapestry. So there has to be a significance here. And tapestries are often kind of compared to stories by the way that they are woven and created. And this song does that. It creates a narrative and it weaves a story. But there's a debate as to whether or not this story has a specific meaning or metaphor to it that Carol King was trying to get across, or if it's kind of this freestyle narrative that is meant for the listener to interpret. And me personally, I kind of like the latter. 
I definitely know that singer-songwriters are writing from experiences and are writing from their heart, but I think it's super amazing and super cool when they are able to write songs that are so universally understood and can be used for many different meanings. And I think that's what Tapestry does off of this album. It's like the man in gray could be death, you know, is this a symbolism to the tapestry unraveling is her moving on? Or it could be the man with the tattered cloak has everything he wants, but not what he needs. And then he gets trapped by something worldly that turns him into a toad. Like there's so many different meanings and metaphors that you can grab from this song and use to explain your own life and your own personal experiences. It is definitely the most underrated song on the album. And this may be because of its kind of songwriting ambiguity and freestyle narrative. And also because it isn't one of the big singles off her album, but it is probably one of my favorites lyrically wise. And it's kind of one of those songs that's nice to like sip tea to and listen and dream about like kind of fairy tale world while you're listening to it. So those three songs are what I think kind of showcase great songwriting off of Carol's part on this album. I mean, all of the songs are my favorite songs, but these songs are my absolute favorite song and none of them are the ballads. I think you'll find as you keep listening to this podcast that while I do love a good ballad, if I can dance to it or if it has a good beat to tap to, then it's probably going to be my favorite song off of the album. But there are definitely songs that we will get to that are slow ballads that are just like emotional, that are my favorite songs off of certain albums. So It's Too Late is one of my favorite songs off of Tapestry. I just love the jazziness of it. It uses all of those jazz chords, those seventh chords, those ninth chords. And obviously it's a very piano heavy song as well. And it has a classic theme to it. You know, it's just a song about a relationship that's just not working out. My favorite lyric from it is... There will be good times again for me and you, but we just can't stay together. Don't you feel it too? Still, I'm glad for what we had and how I once loved you. It's one of the more upbeat songs off of the album, but it still has this very relaxed piano feel to it like all the other songs. And I think because of the jazziness of it, it gets this done well. Carol King's tapestry is very jazzy and soulful. But I think a lot of these singer-songwriters in the 70s kind of had this same style and vibe to it. And they all kind of had this same very like indie, folk, pop, jazz feel. Another song off the album that also kind of has a jazzy vibe to it and is very upbeat is Beautiful. And that's one of my other favorite songs. This is the self-love song of the album. And it honestly has a great message about being confident and about loving yourself. I like that the song is more about finding inner beauty in yourself through your confidence and through your, who you are versus some other self-love songs that don't give you any practical advice on how to love yourself, but are more just kind of hype songs. The verses throughout the song kind of like describe this really gray world that Carol's in and how she wishes that people w- would just find the love in themselves and the beauty in themselves so we can have a better world and a more loving world and a place where people love each other and they love themselves. In the chorus, she gives us this advice. She goes, you've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Then people are going to treat you better. You're going to find, yes, you will, that you're beautiful as you feel. I just think perfect message, perfect song, great bop. And then my, my other favorite song off the album is the first track of the album, which is I Feel the Earth Move, because it's just one of these classic rock songs. It's definitely not 
lyrically her best song because it's not really a song writing base it's more of just a jam it's more of just the song off the album to be a bop and not every song on an album has to be genius there there can be a song that is just fun and that's i feel the earth move and that's why it's one of my favorites so the song just talks about how someone makes her feel when she sees them she feels the earth move under her feet the sky comes tumbling down and yeah it's just one of the best jam songs off of the album in my opinion So I mentioned this song earlier, and I think it needs an honorable mention now, but it is the song Smackwater Jack. Honestly, (laughs) if I... Yeah, this album is a no-skip album, like I said, and I don't think I would actually change any of the songs on this album, but I do want to be like, Carol, why did you include (laughs) Smackwater Jack in this album? Because it honestly has a completely different vibe to the entire album. This is the only song off of the album that does not have that is not piano heavy and that like the piano isn't the core instrument off of the album but it is really similar to tapestry because it is one of it's a story based song and it's a narrative based song however this narrative is dark and the lyrics are dark but the song is super upbeat and kind of joyful definitely joyful because i guess the story of the song ends has a happy ending so it makes sense that the song is being like the story is being told again maybe by a townsperson who was here when this event occurred but the song just feels fun and it's kind of weird when you sing really dark lyrics to a fun sounding song but that's smackwater jack so to get into the song it's a song about a man named smackwater jack who feels like he's been wronged So he gets a shotgun and starts shooting in the town's church and kills a bunch of people. And then the song goes into the trial that follows and we meet like the sheriff deputy and all that stuff. And then it, then the song ends with his capture, I think by vigilantes uh, and his eventual execution by the town and death. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute first. But yeah, so it's a song about a criminal who basically gets tried for his crimes and then dies, and everyone's really happy about it in the end. But the hook of the song is probably the best part of this song, and it's honestly an iconic lyric. The lyrics go, you can't talk to a man with a shotgun in his hand. And yeah, you can't. (laughs) That's a pretty pretty accurate statement there. I guess the song, like, could be a PSA for gun safety, but honestly, this song just kind of feels more of, like, one of those old country songs that have a dark narrative to it that people often sing just for fun. Uh, Another honorable lyric mention of this masterpiece of a song is, she goes, You know, the people were quite pleased, because the outlaw had been seized. And on the whole, it was a very good year for The Undertaker. Yikes. Super dark there, King. Another song that's an honorable mention is Natural Woman. It's the last track of the song and her most popular song by far, the one that was popularized by Aretha Franklin. But I really like the song on Tapestry because it's her singing her own song. And we love Aretha Franklin and we love her version of that song. But Carol King's version of her own song is so more stripped down less glamorous, really showcase her vocals and proves that she is more than just her songwriting capabilities, but she's also like a fantastic musician. Uh, Carol King, she definitely doesn't have like a normal pop music kind of voice. It's a little raspy, uh, which I really like, but it's really good. There's nothing standoutish about her voice or unique. It's just hers and I really like it. And I 
really like how all of her songs showcase her vocals and her vocal range. She's never like reaching for high notes or reaching for low notes that she can't hit, but she stays in this ballpark of notes so she can focus on her lyrics and on her vocals that best suit the song and best showcase her as a musician. And I think Natural Woman, the last song on Tapestry, I just love the exact, the complete contrast of that version versus the Aretha Franklin version. Singer-songwriters, they write songs for themselves that best suits their voice. And while they may write songs for someone else, and that person may make the song famous, and the original writer never really sings it, when they do sing it, it just feels really special. So there's three reasons why Tapestry is one of my favorite albums of all time. Number one. It's a no-skip album. Whether it's slow, ballad, or an upbeat jam, every song has a great melody to it that makes it really easy to sing along to and dance to and get stuck in your head, and the lyrics are just outmatched when it comes to other artists. Number two, it is an influential album. This album was a huge deal when it was released. Carole King paved the way for young female singer-songwriters everywhere, and it also proved that Carole King is far more than her songwriting, but she's also a good musician and a good performer. Number three, it is a timeless album. Even though it was released in the 1970s, I think this album is still timeless. While the pop style of the album is different to pop styles of today, to me, the album doesn't really sound old or boring. And I think it really holds up in 2021 and has a lot of themes that we can still cherish today. Because the themes of the albums are timeless. The themes are first love, of heartbreak, and of friendship, and of finding love within yourself. So if you find yourself listening to Tapestry and you're like, oh, I really like this. I wonder what other albums are similar to this kind of style. Well, I have three for you. First off is Blue by Joni Mitchell because, come on, Joni Mitchell is Carole King's sister. They are the same person but in different fonts. If I had to describe the like the similarities between these two in more modern terms, I would say Taylor Swift is to Carole King like Phoebe Bridgers is to Joni Mitchell. Carole King's songs are more metaphor-based and are more, they're kind of not as dark and as candid as someone like Joni Mitchell. Because Joni Mitchell's songs, I don't want to say get dark, like sad, but they are kind of more sad and they are more truthful and they're more a little more candid than some Carole King songs. But Blue is very similar to Tapestry in that it was a big deal when it came out and Joni Mitchell is just as influential in the world of songwriting in that time as Carole King was and it would feel weird for me to do a Carole King episode if I didn't really talk about or mention Joni Mitchell. So check out Blue by Joni Mitchell if you like Tapestry by Carole King. A more modern day album Technically, these are two albums, but their sister albums is Folklore and Evermore by Taylor Swift. And I'm sorry, but I can't talk about a songwriting album without mentioning Taylor. No matter your feelings on her, uh, if you didn't like that she sold out to pop music when she came out with Red, if you don't like her early music, if you don't like her as a person, you can't deny that she is an incredible songwriter and is good at making songs. And even if you don't think her songwriting is good, she's good at making hits because she has the streams and she has the awards to prove that. And Folklore and Evermore, I think, are her best songwriting albums to date. And she crafts a lot of narratives in these albums that is very similar to the way Carole King crafts narratives in Tapestry. So if you're thinking, you know, I've always heard Taylor Swift was good, but you're not into her pop style, you think you would really like Folkmore and Evermore. And if you just like the tunes and the vibes of Tapestry, then you would probably like the feelings of Folklore and Evermore as well. The last album I'm going to recommend if you like Tapestry is Sing to Me Instead by Ben Platt. 
And OMG, Hannah suggesting a male musician, singer-songwriter, you know, it's more common than you think. But Ben Platt, if you don't know, is a big Broadway star. Uh, He was the lead in the musical Dear Evan Hansen, and he has amazing voice to showcase for it. But I absolutely love his music. He's an amazing songwriter. And while I think his like one flaw, that's not really a flaw, is that his Broadway vocals and his more mainstream pop vocals are kind of the same style. Uh, Sing to Me instead has great songwriting in it, and it has about the same themes in Tapestry, which is about love and breakup and self-love and acceptance. And this album, surprisingly, is also really piano and guitar heavy like Tapestry. So if you kind of like more slow music, this is a great album to listen to. And Ben Platt just has the most soothing voice that I've ever heard. So it's a good album if you find yourself really liking Tapestry. The fantastic songwriting and history-making musicianship is why Tapestry by Carole King is one of my favorite albums of all time. Thank you for listening to the first bonus episode of Hannah's Song of the Week. If you want to hear more bonus episodes and listen to my shorter Song of the Week episodes, make sure to come back to my podcast here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. If you want to learn more about me and keep up to date with the podcast, you can check out my Twitter linked in the episode description. Thanks again to everyone who tuned in. I hope you have a good week and listen to some good music. And don't forget to treat people with kindness. Bye!